From the Denzinger, 43rd edition, paragraphs 3922 to 3926, Encyclical Haurietis Aquas, May 15th, 1956, of Pope Pius XII, the motive and foundation for devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It is well known that the reasons why the Church gives the highest form of worship to the heart of the Divine Redeemer are two in number. The first, which applies also to the other sacred members of the body of Jesus Christ, rests on that principle whereby we recognize that His heart, the noblest part of human nature, is hypostatically united to the person of the Divine Word. Consequently, there must be paid to it that worship of adoration with which the Church honors the person of the Incarnate Son of God Himself. The other reason, which refers in a particular manner to the heart of the Divine Redeemer, and likewise demands in a special way that the highest form of worship be paid to it, arises from the fact that His heart, more than all the other members of His body, is the natural sign and symbol of His boundless love for the human race. There is in the Sacred Heart the symbol and express image of the infinite love of Jesus Christ that moves us to love in return. Christ united to his divine person a truly human nature, individual, whole, and perfect, which was conceived in the most pure womb of the Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing then was wanting to the human nature that the word of God united to himself. Consequently, he assumed it in no diminished way, in no different sense in what concerns the spiritual and the corporeal. That is, it was endowed with intellect and will and the other internal and external faculties of perception and, likewise, with the desires and all the natural impulses of the senses. Hence, since there can be no doubt that Jesus Christ received a true body, and had all the affections proper to the same, among which love surpassed all the rest. It is likewise beyond doubt that he was endowed with a physical heart like ours. For without this noblest part of the body, the ordinary emotions of human life are impossible. For these reasons, the heart of the incarnate word is deservedly and rightly considered the chief sign and symbol of that threefold love with which the divine Redeemer unceasingly loves his eternal Father and all mankind. It is a symbol of that divine love which he shares with the Father and the Holy Spirit, but which he, the Word made flesh, alone manifests through a weak and perishable body. It is besides the symbol of that burning love which, infused into his soul, enriches the human will of Christ and enlightens and governs its acts by the most perfect knowledge derived both from the beatific vision and that which is directly infused. And finally, and this in a more natural and direct way, it is the symbol also of sensible love, since the body of Jesus Christ, formed by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary, possesses full powers of feelings and perception. In fact, more so than any other human body. Thus, from something corporeal, such as the heart of Jesus Christ with its natural meaning, it is both lawful and fitting for us to mount 
not only to its love as perceived by the senses, but also higher to a consideration and adoration of the infused heavenly love. And finally, to reflect on an adoration of the divine love of the word incarnate. We do so since in accordance with the faith by which we believe that both natures, the human and the divine, are united in the person of Christ. We can grasp in our minds those most intimate ties that unite the love of feeling of the physical heart of Jesus with that twofold spiritual love, namely the human and the divine love. For these loves must be spoken of not only as existing side by side in the adorable person of the divine Redeemer, but also as being linked together by a natural bond, insofar as the human love, including that of the feelings, is subject to the divine, and, in due proportion, provides us with an image of the latter. We do not pretend, however, that we must contemplate and adore in the heart of Jesus what is called the formal image, that is to say, the perfect and absolute symbol of his divine love. For no created image is capable of adequately expressing the essence of this love. But a Christian, in paying honor along with the church to the heart of Jesus, is adoring the symbol and, as it were, the visible sign of the divine charity. It is therefore essential, at this point, in a doctrine of such importance and requiring such prudence, that each one constantly hold that the truth of the natural symbol by which the physical heart of Jesus is related to the person of the word entirely depends upon the fundamental truth of the hypostatic union. Should anyone declare this to be untrue, he would be reviving false opinions, more than once condemned by the church, for they are opposed to the oneness of the person of Christ, even though the two natures are each complete and distinct. The Motherhood of the Blessed Virgin Mary Let the faithful see to it that to this devotion to the heart of Jesus, the immaculate heart of the Mother of God is closely joined. For by God's will, in carrying out the work of human redemption, the Blessed Virgin Mary was inseparably linked with Christ in such a manner that our salvation sprang from the love and the sufferings of Jesus Christ, to which the love and sorrows of his mother was intimately united. It is then entirely fitting that the Christian people, who received the divine life from Christ through Mary, after they have paid their debt of honor to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, should also offer to the most loving heart of their Heavenly Mother the corresponding acts of piety, affection, gratitude, and expiation.